play is an imaginative, non-literal activity. And here's the key phrase to me in which means are more valued than ends, right? So play is when you're doing something that the very act of doing that activity itself is the point. Yes. And there's not really another point beyond that. Sometimes that can be hard to find because we we like to sneak that purpose in there. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, have fun, but only because it actually helps make me a better person. Welcome to the Real Talk Podcast from Real FM. Here's Anson, Kara, and Isaac. Hello and welcome to Season 5, Episode 4 of the Real Talk Podcast with Anson and Kara and Isaac. Thanks so much for tuning in to Real Talk. This is a show where we get real about everything from current events to culture to faith. Today on Real Talk, we are tackling the topic of fun. Oh, which yeah. sounds fun. Does sound fun. <laughs> we need our hype button. It's not here. Oh, I'm if there was ever an it. episode where we needed the hype button. This feels like it's it. It would be an episode on fun. <laughs> there you go. Thank we you. found the hype button. There <laughs> it was. Our new hype button. Yeah, you're welcome. I mean, <laughs> maybe it says something about us that we have some work to do in the area of fun. Yes. Well, we didn't even remember the hype button. I mean, oh, yeah. Dear. <laughs> Here's some of the questions we're asking as a part of this conversation. Do fun and play actually matter? If so, why? What do we do for fun? What's something new we'd like to try to bring more fun into our lives? And really, I think the core of this conversation comes back to that first question. Does fun and play matter? We all know the answer to that question is yes, but we kind of trick ourselves into thinking that there's more important stuff on the agenda (laughs) than fun and play, right? Right, because if you're a grown-up, you don't have time to play. You have to just do the things. Who has the time? Especially if you're one of those like high-achieving personality types where it's like I was talking to my wife about this topic last night, Uh and she goes, fun? What do you mean? Like, (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, no, you know like what we do on the weekends, and she's like, what? Oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> you mean like outside of the more additional work? Yeah, outside of the chores. Well, a good task list is fun for her. <laughs> That's right. So for some of us, fun is harder than for others, yes. but it's important for all of us. Yes. Right? And so that's why we're going to tackle that on the conversation today. But first, real life boss level. Hey guys, I've got the real life boss level this week, and it's something that I feel like I've been dealing with my whole life, and that is how to deal with meanies. Oh no, <laughs> meanies! Meanies! Who hurt you? Well, it's actually not me. I think it's actually worse when it's somebody that you love, uh, because then like my inner fierce protector comes out, and I'm right. like, oh no, you didn't. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> so when you're a kid on the playground, it's one thing when the kids on the playground are acting like kids and they're being jerks. Mm-hmm. But there's something about when you become a grown up and you expect other people to act like grown ups yeah. and they don't, uh, that yeah. it's just so much more maddening. Yeah. And I got to be honest, currently where I'm at in life, my friendships and my role at work, I work with really nice people. <laughs> and so it's just maddening and incomprehensible to me when grown ups act like stupid head meanies. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I got <laughs> This is happening to somebody I love right now. And I don't know what to do about it because my instinct is to be like, well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard and right. just get really defensive <laughs> and like totally take their side and do all the like, let's go, let's take them out. Mm-hmm. Even though I would never actually do that. I just, you know, like to talk smack. But then <laughs> they have to go back and actually deal with this person like yeah. every yeah. single day. How do you actually deal with these people when meanies aren't reasonable? Okay. They're yeah. just unhappy for who knows what reason. But how do you actually deal with that as a grown up? When you have to deal with it every single day. And how do you hope people that you love deal with that? I feel like I just don't know. Yeah. How do you counsel someone who comes home and says, these people hurt me? Yeah. You naturally want to like produce solutions and work through a way to fix it. And usually those solutions revolve around hurting them back. Exactly. (laughs) There will be nine solutions and all of them involve some sort of blunt object. (laughs) And you're going, well, maybe we need to find the one that doesn't. All of a sudden the nicest person in the world, Kara, starts turning into a scheming murderer. Yeah. (laughs) 
exactly. This is not a good sign. No, yeah. I get that. So like practically, I just don't even like I'm asking. I don't have a clue what to do. And yeah. I'm finding myself going back to this place of like, OK, I know the Bible says something about, <laughs> like, you know, be nice to your enemies and right. stuff. And I don't want to do that right now. Yeah, like, yeah. I just don't. Yeah. I mean, it's really, really hard. Yeah. I don't have the answer for this or anything. But one thing that I find that helps me is at least trying. And sometimes it's difficult, if not downright impossible, mm. at least making an attempt to understand what could be driving a person to act the way that they're acting. Mm. Right. Because when someone is just being mean. Yeah. I think our first impression of that is exactly what you've <laughs> described, which is this is not reasonable. This makes no sense. Yes. Um, why yes. would you be acting this way? Right? right. Not that trying to understand it more justifies the behavior. No. But I think if we can try to make a little bit of an effort into, OK, who is this person? What are they walking through right now? Mm. Can I put myself in their shoes in any way? Right. Are there things about their job or their life at home or whatever yeah. that could be driving them to act out or mm. at the very least, it could give me a little bit of insight and understanding why they're doing mm. what they're doing or why they're acting yeah. the way that they're acting. And that helps me have just the tiniest bit <laughs> of empathy for them, which can then make it ever so slightly easier to do what you're talking about, which is yeah. trying to love our enemies. Right. Yeah. If I don't understand my enemy at all, yep. if my understanding of them starts and stops with they're just a mean person for the sake of being mean. Right. Yeah. Then I feel like empathy is impossible. It yeah. is. Because I don't I just don't get that. Right. Absolutely. Right? Usually people aren't just being mean just for the sake of being mean. You're right. There's yeah. something else going on there. And if we can tap into understanding it at some mm. level, maybe yeah. that's the starting point for giving us a little bit of empathy for yeah. that person. That's a yeah. good point. As someone on your end who's counseling and listening to someone, I, I assume just kind of vent after the day oh, is yeah. over if someone being mean to them. Mm -hmm. The thing that I've had to learn is that it's not our job as the person that's being vented to, to also jump in and talk trash about that person. Yeah. Even though, <laughs> even though <laughs> we want like, to, yeah, like, that's what you want to do. I'll always take like, that as like, oh, the green light, open yeah. the silos, Isaac. Here you we can go. Fire them off. That doesn't help the situation at all. I know. So I've had to check myself and mm. where Anson is coming from, kind of have some empathy towards that person internally yeah that way i don't go oh yeah do you remember that time they did this like right and, and just Let's totally pile on yeah pile it on yes my mantra is that's so terrible i'm so sorry yeah that's kind of just my like let them yes bleh, like say like, the thing let them get it out right because you don't want to jump yeah. right in with what i'm talking about either no. and be like <laughs> yeah. well if you just understood them a little better that way yes. because what people hear when they hear that is well you're justifying right. their bad yeah, exactly. behavior exactly yeah. and then you're and that's not, not the point either. right and yeah, then you're no. not empathizing with the victim either right. and so then they feel unloved and unheard. And I've been guilty of that in the past, jumping in too quickly with the perspective. And so I think I'm doing better with that. But now on the other hand, I'm like, I don't want to give perspective right now. <laughs> right. I'm just sick yeah. of this, like yeah. on their behalf. But yeah. I think Isaac's right. I think we can't sit in that place forever. No, you can't. Like, I, I think to some extent there could be a little bit of Mm -hmm. kind of a healthy venting and that like we need yeah. those like outlets to blow off steam in a yeah. healthy place and a safe spot. Yeah. But we can't stay there forever. Right. Yes. And so I think when we're the person that's being vented to, we mm -hmm. do have a responsibility to start by letting them get yeah. the get stuff off their chest that they yeah. need to get off their chest. And at some point when it's appropriate, kind of trying to softly come back yeah. at some point and say, all right, right. where do we go from here? Now, exactly. that, now that we've gotten all the venting out of the way, yeah. Yeah. We, we've got to go somewhere. We've got yeah. to make some progress. We can't just stay right. in the venting stage forever. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about kind of next steps. But, mm -hmm. but it's important to give each of those steps kind of its due process. Yeah. Because it's yeah. tempting sometimes to jump ahead. I think my only question is, who is this and can we go get Amen. Grab your pitchforks. Let's go. <laughs> It's time now for Search History, our new feature on the show this season, where we dive into recent Google searches and try to make some sense of them. <laughs> <laughs> what we've learned so far this season is that all of us are guilty of searching for nonsensical things on the <laughs> internet. Yes. And so it's time for me to share another nonsensical Google search with you <laughs> and see if you guys can get to the bottom of what in the world I was actually trying to find on the internet. Bring are you on. ready? Ready. Yes. Cactopus banned. <laughs> Why? <laughs> wow. Cactopus. 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 Band. Why? Wow, that sounds awesome. 
Cactopus. Have at it, my friends. So the last few times that we've done these, it's usually a question, right, that we search. And and, mm-hmm. and I love picturing you just standing outside, <laughs> yelling into the void. Cactopus band, why? Wouldn't, wouldn't why Cactopus band? Be so much better if they were all like voice searches. We had to actually yeah. say them out loud. Yes. Yeah. If we get to the point where voice assistants take over, and that's yeah. how we interact with computers and searches, yeah. that's awesome. I, I feel like the way we search for things on the internet is going to change. Yeah. Because it just sounds so silly (laughs) to say our searches out loud. That's amazing. So, okay, was uh, was this a cactus in the shape of an octopus that was banned or was it an oct... No, hang on. An octopus in the shape of a cactus. (laughs) Cactopus feels like a decorative feature or like... Like it feels like a decorative feature that someone finally realized. Like at Pier One, they were like, "No, we can't have this on the shelves anymore." Too the many kids are children. hurting themselves. Yeah, too many children have been lost to cactopus. Oh man! Or like a playground feature. There you go. But I don't maybe. know. I mean, Anson has little children, so yeah, what maybe would that even. I don't know. Cactopus, cactopus. Cactopus. So Anson also really likes seafood too. So That's true. Like, there's some sort of like the mythological cactopus. Well, like, I can see you chasing down like. The exotic cuisine, <laughs> also known as cactopus. Like, uh, why? Yeah. Why was it banned? Was it banned? <laughs> I really want to taste it. <laughs> Going to black market cactopus websites to order it. There you go. I like this. Oh my goodness. Did you guys ever see, was it an IHOP commercial or a Denny's commercial from like years ago where there was the Nannerpus? Oh, you know no, okay. I didn't. It was like this really weird banana peel that had like been peeled into like an octopus shape. I found it on YouTube. <laughs> I'm watching it. Or something. And it was amazing. had this little song with it that was like, Nannerpus, Nannerpus. Oh my gosh. Yeah, oh so my gosh. The there it is. You can call me Nannerpus, Nannerpus. That's, that's, that's very disturbing. Yeah. It is. It's Denny's. Disturbing. So I, I don't know. That's kind of what I think of. <laughs> Nannerpus. That's amazing. But okay. a cactus version of that? Cactus version of that. I can see that. Yeah, mine is going to food for some reason. I mean, the main things that you guys have brought up so far, a mythological creature or a dangerous (laughs) playground feature feature, or decorative item or decorative item. All all of those things make sense as to why they would be banned Yeah, (laughs) because they all seem to be very dangerous or scary in some way based on how you're describing them. Is this like a cartoon that's been Uh, banned? That's a good idea. Possibly. Like, I I don't know. Yeah, that would make sense. Sounds like a cartoon. All right. We're we're really into like banning entertainment and cartoons these days. That's true. I'm going to need a big hint or either the reveal now because I'm 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 dying to know what this is. (laughs) This had something to do with internet culture. Oh. Oh. So it might be like online a online culture. Oh. It might be a meme. Could it be like a oh. cactus meme that uh-huh. has been cuz memes get banned if they get overused, right? At least that's how it is on really? some subreddits where it's like it gets mm. overused and kind of like dead. Or if it's offensive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, trying to, yeah. I'm trying to think about how cactus could be offensive. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's yeah. a symbol like, of is like cactus racial oppression yeah, like, or something. <laughs> it's like this cute little cartoon that's like <laughs> it's been co-opted by some really problematic statistics or something. Or something. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, I'm gonna go with like meme. Is it a is yeah. it a banned blacklisted meme? Are you ready for the reveal? Ready. All right. Cactopus is the name of a person. Ah, what? Online. Okay. Oh. Not their actual name. Okay. But their, their uh, handle. Yeah. yeah. And it was a person that was banned from a subreddit oh. that I follow. Okay. So uh, there's a game that I play. Cactopus <laughs> is the name of a person <laughs> who is a developer for said game uh, okay. who okay. got banned from the subreddit about said game. <laughs> And I was searching, why did this person get banned Wow, from their own game subreddit? That's yeah. a good question. Yeah, did you... I didn't actually find out the answer. Okay. Because as you might surmise, Cactopus banned Y doesn't turn up a lot of, <laughs> doesn't turn up a lot of results. Oh yeah, I, I just copied that into Google and now I'm just going through a bunch of subreddits and message wow. boards. Yeah. Now, so Google was basically as confused as you guys were okay, about what I was know. looking for. Yeah. Because this was... Uh, this is pretty niche. Yeah, definitely didn't expect you guys to get this one, but I yeah. also was very excited to yeah. see where you went because that's a good, that's a good yeah. one. As a side note, I do feel like Cactopus is a really great online. Oh, it's it really is. is it not though? Yeah, so seriously. If you wonderful, yeah, wonderful. you need to copy someone for like your next username for an online game or something, or for the name of your next pet. Yeah. There you go. Cactopus <laughs> is one to consider. Now, 
it is time for Tier List. For those of you that are not familiar with Tier List, this is something that we've borrowed from our wonderful video game culture where we're basically making a top-to-bottom ranking system of all of the things in the entire world. Yeah. Present me more than one item and I can create a tier list of that. <laughs> awesome. This week, since it's Spooktober, I did horror movies. Ooh, uh, bold choice. Yes. Okay. Now, I am going to give some preface here. I yeah. did post a question in the Rail FM Insiders group, TM, TM, if you want to join, do it. I asked you guys what you thought about horror movies. I kind of did this poll, mm. this little straw poll of... Do you watch them? Do you have a reason for not watching them? The majority of people said, I don't watch them. I think they're fine. But there is kind of a pretty vocal minority saying, I don't think that you should watch horror movies at all. Some of them deal with like demonic possession. And right. that is a very real force that I'm concerned about. Or mm-hmm. just my sweet mother-in-law said, you shouldn't let bad things in your head, which I can understand that <laughs> perspective. I'm not going to try mm-hmm. to like rebuttal those. Yeah. Like That's not what this is about. Right. But yeah. I think this is kind of an interesting one that you've chosen here because yeah. I mean, so far we've talked about like candy colors and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And you're kind of going all in on one here where I feel like depending on who you're talking to, yeah. if right. we asked everyone to put together a tier list of horror movies, right. you'd have some people that are going to go all in and have some like, these are masterpiece horror movies. These yeah. ones aren't as good. These ones are yeah. decent. Then you're going to have the people who are like, literally every horror movie is <laughs> trash tier. <laughs> True. Right. And so I'm really interested to hear what yeah. you think and compare and contrast that yeah. to yeah. Kara and myself. Right, right, right. Because I think we're going to have some pretty strong diversity of uh-huh. opinions yes. uh-huh. on the horror movies. Even here in the room, if the uh, poll that you posted in the Insiders group yeah. is any indication. Do so. we maybe want to establish a baseline of like what we consider horror? Like what was too scary okay. for you? Like, oh, I, I think that'd be a good place to start this start. off with. Yeah, that's okay, good. so let me ask you, do you have a line that you don't cross? My experience with horror movies is I watch them as a social thing. So oh, okay. I've always gone to horror movies either with one other person or like 10 to 20 people like it's an experiential kind of we all watch it we all kind of group process together and ooh, that part was so spooky like <laughs> that's kind of my experience with it i've only ever watched horror movies alone like a few times and i didn't enjoy it each time mm-hmm. right so and I'm, I'm hesitant to even like give the name of the one that i watched that kind of ruined solo viewing for me <laughs> okay but it was essentially like a serial killer movie where it's like shot as a home video from the guy as he uh, followed people and it just really ooked me out. Yeah, no. I didn't like it. So yeah. I was kind of like, oh, I'm never doing that again. Like yeah. <laughs> I quit watching that altogether. Mm, yeah. Good plan. So I think the stuff that involves hunting down like innocent and vulnerable people, I'm like, oh, no, we can. Okay. We can no. See, that, that, and yeah. that's where I draw the line for me too, is I'm like anything that's just really murdery, like pointless murdery. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. there's a monster or a dude or a dudette or whoever that's yeah. just yeah. running around often people yeah. in the most dramatic ways possible yeah. for no real reason. Yeah. That's completely the the Not actual people ones it's a movie like centered around an actual dude doing these things where it's super realistic i don't like yeah i like, no. the kind of, like a thriller that involves the potential for danger and death like i can deal yeah. with that like um a good example i feel like is a quiet place from last yeah, year like there's good. movies like that that are very frightening yeah but they have character development. They mm. have story right. built yeah. into them. There's yeah, yeah, yeah. the horror movies for the sake of gore and violence. Yeah, and yeah. for the sake, like that's the stuff where yeah. I'm like, I would probably be closer to some of our people who said, I don't honestly know that anyone should really yes. be watching these. I'm I agree. seek uh, that argument for those yeah. types of movies that. for stuff that is scary or has mature themes, but there's other stuff to it. I, I'm a little more willing to kind of hear people out yeah. on those. I would agree with that point overall, but also I would say I am a wimp. <laughs> So, I got gotcha. you. Threshold okay. for fear is yeah, lower. Gotcha. It's gotcha. lower. Yes. So I'm a little bit more like, yeah, okay. If you can handle a little more scary stuff, okay, I'll power to you. But I remember yeah. in I think it was in high school, some friends convinced me to watch uh, What Lies Beneath with Harrison Ford. Have you guys ever seen that? I haven't seen that one. Okay, it's forever old. But they were like, oh, it's fine. It's just a thriller. It's not a big deal. And we watched it, and I was so angry at yeah. the end of the movie because I was like, that was not a thriller. That uh, was a scary movie, and it was awful and horrible and why would they do that and so yeah if it's too scary i'm just like i already have enough fear in my life i don't need to get that (laughs) to like up the ante of my anxiety so my list is pretty simple i'm gonna get through it pretty quick because we spent a lot of time setting it up but i think that it's necessary discussion the bottom of my list is corny don't even bother bro (laughs) on that list is the babadook it's on netflix it's the babadook duck duck one it's (laughs) 
really dumb. I, I, I watched seen it. That one, though, it's so dumb. Okay. Another okay. one is Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy. I don't. Oh. Freddy is just yeah. 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 Another one well, is. Some people like that one though, don't they? There's a lot of love towards that movie. I don't personally. Okay. Like yeah. It. This is weird for me to say. It's a little bit on the vulgar side to mm. the point where it's like it's distracting to yeah. me. Like yeah. I don't need the guy to be Freddy Krueger and also vulgar and gross. Yeah. Pick pick one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Up on the fun. But not really that scary. Parentheses. Watch these with the right people and it will be fun. <laughs> Classic Frankenstein is uh, great. Oh. For when it was made, it's kind of cheesy yeah. and campy and fun. I, I can do kind of the like campy yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. There is a fine line between so corny that it's not even right. like, why am I watching this? But then the campy or like older right. stuff that's kind of yeah. like, eh, yeah. I can kind of understand yeah. that. Yeah. Another one on that list is Jaws. Oh, yeah. Jaws is fantastic. Uh, if you have like three and a half hours to sit oh, and wow. watch a movie. Yeah. It's, it's not that long, but it's a trillion. I, like, I didn't know it was that long. <laughs> yeah. Moving up into the disturbing, relies heavily on gore and violent themes. I don't really like these movies. They're considered classics or at least one of them is uh-huh. The Thing, which is with mm. Kurt Russell. I'm a big Kurt Russell fan, except for this one. Yeah. Very violent, super duper gory. Solid all around. This is a blend of suspense, violence and danger. I have the movie Us. It's really good. I haven't seen that one. And, so yeah. that's the one where it's the um, guy from Key and Peele. Oh. Jordan Peele. Yes. Um, he directed it and it's fantastic. I don't want to spoil it. It's really good. <laughs> okay. If you can handle A Quiet Place, I think you can handle Us. Okay. It's really good. The other one on that list is Friday the 13th because I'm a big Jason fan. I think that he's a slow moving dude. <laughs> and that's the suspense is that like. <laughs> Somehow, Usain Bolt could be running from Jason and he'll still be like around the next corner. Ah! Wait, how? How does that happen? So second to the top of my list, we have innovative slash good. These are probably my personal favorites. Okay. Like okay. Just, they're different and fun. Yeah. Cabin in the Woods is really great. It kind of bends the genre a little bit. I haven't watched that one, but I have definitely heard of it. Yeah. So. Cabin okay. in the Woods is really, really good. Okay. Another one is Paranormal Activity. Mm. Uh-huh, yes. I went to go it's see this, this movie with my buddies, uh-huh. premiere night, and people actually got up and ran out of the theater when it was done oh because my they gosh. were so spooked out. Uh, and, aren't there like five of these now? Are there a bunch? There's a lot. Yeah. I, I've watched the first three. The other ones I don't really bother I heard they with. they went downhill. But. They significantly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. the first one is a classic. It kind of like took the found footage thing and went with it. I love that. Right. See, that's one where I'm like, I've heard everyone say it's really innovative yeah. and kind of like revolutionary yeah, 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 yeah. and genre bending and all these things. And it's really creative. And if you like horror movies, that's mm-hmm. probably one that a lot of people are going to yeah. put on their right. list. Yeah. But it's still to me, like it seems to fall into that. There's no point to it other than just being scared. <laughs> it is scary. It is super scary. And so yeah. you have to get something out of being scared right. that's enjoyable to you. Yeah. Which, which some I, of us I have don't, not been yeah. able to conjure up. To nope, me, it's that same. adrenaline rush of, ooh. I love that. It, it, <laughs> see, your adrenaline rush has like an up note. It goes, ooh, and mine goes, ooh. <laughs> That's the best way I can describe it. Yeah, Same, man. I just get exhausted after those kind of adrenaline rushes. At the top of my list, I'm going to call these the masterpieces, the all-around greats. Uh I respect them and think they deserve to be the top, Okay, even though they might not necessarily be my favorites. Silence of the Lambs. All right. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. I've actually seen that movie. Very good. Very intense. Very suspenseful. 28 Days Later zombie movie I've seen that one it looks almost like it's shot on a phone it sets like this weird tone for it uh-huh. it's a post-apocalyptic fast zombie movie and if you know what i mean Ooh. like the zombies don't limp in this one they're like oh, oh. sprinters no. that's scary okay that's awful it is yeah. very very scary zombies are scary um, enough. zombies yeah. need that critical weakness yeah, yeah. they do right. <laughs> I need to yeah. feel okay with them and then wrapping it up sigourney weaver alien i love oh. that oh. yes okay rad movie that's got a kitty in it too <laughs> oh, good kitty. i feel like that's aliens a movie that like if you're someone like kara or i like, yeah there's more to it again than just it's a both adventure horror movie like right. in space and that's kind of neat and you also can leave it with the assurance that alien is not going to get you right that's like that's, yeah it's yeah. not like right, this spiritual thing where it's like yeah. oh and then whoever watches this tape will go home right. uh, <laughs> like, you can right. kind of have fun in the moment and then leave the theater feeling okay Now it is time for the conversation. On this episode, we are discussing the topic of fun. We've had some uh, deeper, more serious conversations this season. And honestly, this one is probably still going to be that to some extent. Yeah. But hopefully also going to be something that's fun to talk about. Having fun. And one of the things we kind of want to close on at the end of the conversation is talking about what we each kind of like doing for fun. Yes. And how we can grow our capacity for fun. How we can Mm -hmm. practice fun better. So already looking forward 
forward to talking about that. But I kind of wanted to start off the conversation, guys, this time talking about why fun is important from a very practical perspective. Yeah. Certainly there's a kind of spiritual perspective to this that I want to get into in a little bit as well. But just from a practical perspective, fun is fun. Right? Yeah. <laughs> there's something about innocent fun my girls, they come up with the most ridiculous games that we play. I mean, you ever want to play a ridiculous game? Yep. Hang out with a second grader and oh a kindergartner and oh let their imaginations run wild. So true. Right. I mean, the other night we were extraterrestrial kitties in a spaceship <laughs> blasting off to the moon and our space voyage was interrupted every three minutes by a tickle party. Oh, like, my that goodness. Was, that was regularly scheduled. Like, <laughs> Part of the mission log kind of a thing. That's Incredible. Amazing. And we just had a blast being silly and dumb. And I know you guys don't have kids at this stage in your lives, but you guys remember being a kid and what it was like to exercise your imagination or oh, for sure. oh, yeah. playing with siblings or nieces and nephews and just having fun, imagining things and being silly and oh, something yeah. so innocent and wonderful about that. I used to make up a whole lot of stories when I was a kid from movies or books that I had watched, but also just from thin air. Just, yeah. <laughs> I just remember that was my favorite game to play as a kid was let's play pretend and just making up scenarios from my head. And it was like, the best time you could possibly have. Yeah. yeah. I created the original Marvel uh, universe ah, uh, Infinity yes. War where I had Darth Vader teamed up with Spider-Man and Iron Man and okay. we would cat fight each oh other. Yeah. Perfect. Gosh. It was great. I was a big action figure. Kid, yeah. So yeah. Well, play is so central to the experience of our childhood. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. all you want to do as a child. I mean, yeah. my kids yeah. literally their most common phrase is dad, come play with me. Yes. Right. Because that's all they want to do with yeah. all of their time is play. And I think sometimes we have this thought and it's a dangerous one, I think, as adults and especially as parents. Sometimes we kind of think I don't have time for play. Uh, and sometimes we even put that on our kids like you don't have time for play. Yeah. Like you have yeah. this stuff. You need to eat your dinner. You need to go to school. You need to go to bed on time. You need to. And all of those things are right. important. You need to take a bath and all that stuff. But play is incredibly important as well. I did some research this week and did some reading about the science of play I came to this realization that play is really the first thing that you learn how to do as a kid. Oh, wow. It's the first huh. skill you learn. I have a three-month-old, Axel, right now. Playing is literally the first thing that he's going to learn how to do. Wow. I mean, other than eat and poop, right? Like, <laughs> right. I mean, play is really the first behavior yeah. that he learns. Right. Right now, he's just about to that stage where he's starting to laugh. Yes. Oh, that's so and fun. And it's the first kind of inkling of play, right? Like, you cover your eyes and then yeah. uncover them yeah. and he laughs at you or you dangle a little colorful book in front of him or whatever and he laughs at it like wow. those are the first kind of moments of play right and then he's going to start playing with little chew toys and chewing yeah. on them and throwing stuff around and then crawling and playing and that's with not behavior and, that's taught either it's, right that's something yeah. that's very innate it's to instinct. who we are yeah. it's an instinct exactly and, and that's what i was learning about this week not only is it a very base human instinct. It's actually a very base instinct among mammals. Just mm. in general, animals understand how to play and they do this all the time. We oh, see yeah. it in our dogs and our cats and out in the wild as well. Yeah, I was reading about coyotes. They see this in like packs of like coyotes. They play with each other all the time. That's one wow. of the primary things they do when they're not hunting or sleeping, basically. Yeah. Huh. Uh, and so it's, it's interesting to me that this is something that's so innately part of who we are. Yeah. yeah. I was reading on this article from a guy who's a mental health counselor on Medium, The Importance of Fun. And he's basically talking about how when we grow up, we tend to prioritize work and productivity over fun. And mm -hmm. the downfall of that is that we're losing out on that release of dopamine and that feel good chemical in our brain that happens when we are mm. physically moving or enjoying good food or basically doing fun things. Now, yeah. I like my job. I don't get a big dopamine release sitting at my <laughs> desk, making sure I meet all of my proper deadlines. Like I right. get that going outside and skateboarding and riding a bike and right. throwing mm. a ball. It's crazy how much that matters to us. Yeah, it mm. is. It is crazy. I was reading from a researcher named Stuart Brown, and he's done a bunch of studies on adults who have displayed violent behavior. So these are people that have committed crimes, in some cases like mass murderers, these types mm. of people. One of the things that these studies have repeatedly revealed is that normal play behavior is often absent or greatly restricted ah. throughout the lives of highly violent, particularly antisocial men, wow. regardless of demography. So uh, it's something that is a very strong kind of undercurrent to a lot of people that have 
maladjusted adulthood. Wow. They don't have the opportunity to play. Maybe either they had like absent parents or things where they had to take on more adult responsibilities Mm. earlier in their lives. Maybe they had parents that artificially restricted their opportunities to play, told them to shut up, stop being loud, those types of things. You're not allowed to play basically. In addition, studies show that play deprived children manifest responses on a scale ranging from unhappiness at best to aggression at worst from a relatively young age. So if children aren't Hmm. getting enough play, that often leads to when they do get the opportunity to play, they're very aggressive or mean or kind of physically violent towards other children. That's crazy. Yeah. Even juvenile rats, if they fail to engage in peer-to-peer play, it actually results in deficiencies in their social, cognitive, and even motor skills. Wow. So when we're not playing with others, these deficiencies start to crop up pretty quickly. There's a lot of consequences if we're not getting our proper dose of play. That's so crazy because like you said, we as adults are just addicted to productivity and to utility and feel so Mm. incredibly guilty if we do anything that doesn't have some sort of an end of like, okay, this will accomplish this. I have to justify every single thing I do in my day because I have so little time is what it feels like. Yes. I think that you're so onto something there with the idea of like this utilitarianism that we subject ourselves to. I think there's kind of two aspects of that. There's kind of a secular Mm -hmm. aspect of that and a a spiritual aspect to that. On the secular side, I think we feel like we're kind of slaves to utility in terms of productivity, right? We did an entire episode on working and how we sometimes are slaves to our work and we want to get things done and climb the ladder and be successful. Hustle. Right. If you're doing all those things, there's not really time for play because play doesn't accomplish Exactly. Yeah. So we feel guilty. I was even reading from the spiritual side from uh, our author, Mark Buchanan, who's written a book called The Rest of God. He said, if there's one God of the age that Christians especially pay homage to, it's the God of utility as a tribe. I know. Stop. We are deeply, devoutly utilitarian. Everything we do, we seek to justify on the grounds of its usefulness. Wow. And I think there is a real spiritual undercurrent to that. If I've been given the great commission by God Mm -hmm. and God has a plan for my life, we talked about calling last week. God has put a call on my life. I'm supposed to do these things. Like how does throwing a ball (laughs) in the backyard play into like the greater purpose for my life, right? right? Or watching a movie is like, it's just a complete waste of time. Why would you do that? Exactly. If those things aren't accomplishing some sort of greater purpose, Mm -hmm. what's the use? And I thought this was really interesting because Peter Gray is a research professor at Boston College, and he's written a lot of books on play, and he actually has his definition of what play is. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting because I think it speaks to exactly what you're talking about. Mm. He writes that play is self-chosen and self-directive. It's an imaginative, non-literal activity. And here's the key phrase to me in which means are more valued than ends, right? So play is when you're doing something that the very act of doing that activity itself is the point. Yes. And there's not really another point beyond that. That's so good. Which I think is really, really important because if we define play as simply some activity, right? Right. Say throwing a ball in the backyard. Yeah. When a six-year-old is throwing a ball in the backyard, sure, that's probably play. Yeah. But what if you're a minor league baseball player in your 20s? Now throwing a ball is not play. It's your job. Right. Why? Because it's a means to an end. The end is to become a better professional baseball player to maybe make money from it. Right. And all of a sudden, something that started out as a game, it's literally called a game, is now also your work. There's this conventional wisdom of like, don't make your hobby your job, basically, or like the danger in making like your passion your job or trying to like marry those two together. And Anthony and I talked a little bit about this before the podcast. Video game streamers. We think that like, Mm. oh, getting paid to play video games is like, that's awesome. Paid to play all day long but the reality is like no this is like you sit down and now it's an eight hour grind of being quote unquote on while you play this game like that to me takes all the joy out of Mm. i tried to like stream for a little bit and it Mm. kind of messed me up because i work at a radio station and this is what i do for a living right so to go home and make my hobby again another extension of that was bad yeah so i really feel this whole 
means without an end. Kind right. Of and it doesn't mean that those things that do have an end can't have an element of fun to them. Like right. we sure. can't have some fun in our job or we can't enjoy our work mm, or, of course. or those things. But there is a place for fun that is absent of a greater purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can be hard to find because we, we like to sneak that purpose in. Yeah. There. <laughs> I like, know. Well, I'll have fun, but also it yeah. does this for me. Right. Yeah. right? Like yeah. also maybe I can make a little money on the side or also maybe it's even just the stuff we started talking about, about how it helps our brains and our mm. development. And like we can kind of go back to that stuff and say, well, I'll have fun, but only because it actually yeah. helps make me a better person. Right. I right. can justify it because right. of this science says this. Right. And I feel like this whole utility thing is this has been a revelation for me. Like if we're worshiping the God of utility and play can help us stop worshiping that then play can be an aspect of truly worshiping God, mm, right? Yeah. Like um, and Mark Buchanan says, when we really believe that we have no time to waste, no time to simply enjoy without excuse or guilt, without having to show anything for it, then the cult of utility is utterly ascendant. It has vanquished all rivals. Mm. I'm oh like, my gosh. man. One interesting thing that kind of comes up as, as part of what you're talking about is the character and nature of God mm. and how it relates to our own character and nature. Yeah. Right. Like if play is something that is important to us, it's innate to us, it's ingrained in us. Right. And we believe that we are created in the image of God, mm-hmm. then fun and play must also therefore be innate yeah. to God's character. Right. Honestly, like that's something that's kind of mind blowing to me. Yeah. Because I think as someone who grew up in Christianity, my idea of God was very business like yeah, I mean, yeah. like <laughs> yeah. If, if we have a lot to do god has a Man, lot to do right, right? So right? Much like, to he's do. got a lot on his plate he's a serious guy yeah. absolutely yeah. and because there's serious stuff going on in exactly. the world right and so yeah. it's, it's not even necessarily a bad thing no but it's just of course god's serious there's a lot of serious stuff happening right. and mm. god's in charge of it all and he's got to figure all that out right. but like mm. i don't really leave any room for the idea of a god that has fun or yeah, you know, could play in that kind of definition of who I, I feel like God is. Such a good point. And, and that's even from a place of we saw in the Genesis story of God creating the Sabbath and resting. Like right. we know that God was not physically tired yeah. after speaking the universe into existence. We just know that he set the example for rest for us. Yeah, like, but even that is like this weird <laughs> thing that I don't interpret as fun. Yeah. Like if I'm like a, an eight year old boy, yep. resting is not fun. No. I don't want to no. I don't want to take a nap. That's true. Sunday yep. afternoons were super boring mm-hmm. at my house because we got <laughs> home from church. Mom and dad went to take a nap yep. and the house was quiet and there was nothing to do because no one was having <laughs> oh, any fun. No. Right. And so like <sighs> I almost interpret even sabbath and god resting as boring wow because it's Mm -hmm. like so what your idea of fun is just sitting around and not doing anything that's true it's still kind of this like serious thing yeah and and then here's kind of a funny thing i applied that to like my view of heaven as well as a child growing up in the church i would think about okay so we're gonna die and we're gonna go to heaven and it's this perfect place with like streets of gold <laughs> and people wearing white robes and angels and stuff. Yeah. And God's yes. sitting on his throne and we're singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty for the rest of existence. <laughs> right. So is that all we do? We have a mansion. But I don't know, do we ever spend any time <laughs> yeah. in the mansion? Is it just like a really, really long church service? Right. Like, like we yeah. literally just sit there on like a pew. <laughs> a hard and, pew. And sing for the whole yeah. time. And like, your mom goes, stop it. Stop and coloring. And I literally had these like guilty thoughts of like as a seven year old going like, oh. I don't want to go to heaven because that yeah. doesn't sound very fun. Sound fun. Like, oh, I get per- that. Perfect doesn't sound all yeah. that exciting. You hear, oh. I can only imagine on the radio <laughs> and he's saying, will I be able to speak at all? And you're going like, I like talking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to be able to do that. I hope so. Oh. Are we going to do anything yeah. else? I had the same thing. And I also grew up in the church and I kind of think as a kid, I was like, okay, yeah, I mean, it sounds cool, but also like I pictured it being very people in white robes walking around slowly and yeah. somberly, you know, yeah. <laughs> I didn't picture play. Yeah. But what's really interesting is that my husband came to know Jesus later in life. And when he talks about heaven, he talks about it in a different way. And I kind of love it. He really loves to play physically. He loves adventure and like four wheeling and like the things that I'm not used to. And so mm-hmm. when he thinks about heaven, like he said to me before, do you think in heaven, like, 
I always imagine there's going to be these exotic places like New Zealand or Australia where you can like go and swim in these caves and these places where right now, if you went there, there's like the danger of the snakes and the, like all those things. And he's like, right. but there won't be any danger there. And it'll be like, if it's this pretty here, how pretty is it going to be there? Mm. And I'm like, I never thought about yeah, that. Yeah. That's amazing. Heaven is like a perfect New Zealand. Basically. Right. I want to go to Cody's heaven. I know. <laughs> like if I get to choose, like, I, I, I want to go to his. I know. Well, I mean, yeah. Here's the thing, right? As I have thought about that more, God created the Garden of Eden, right? Mm-hmm. Which was perfect that he put Adam and Eve in. They were in nature. Mm-hmm. Right. Certainly they had work to do there, but certainly they played right. in yeah. the garden as well. Yeah. And God created earth creation as a good creation. And mm-hmm. we know that it's been broken and tainted by sin. But all of these things that are good about yeah. our existence... Mm-hmm. Good food, going to beautiful places, mm. mountains, lakes, nature, yeah. playing games with our kids, laughter, laughter, yeah. like all, the all of those things have good in them. And right. so it doesn't really make sense that the new earth would be this like whitewashed, sanitized mm. experience where yeah. you don't do anything but sit on a church pew. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that doesn't line up with God's creation, right? No. If we take everything good that God created and make it perfect, yeah. right. like, that sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. It does. It's the enjoyment of creation without the corruption. It's good. Like the pinnacle of what we should be doing without Adam and Eve messing up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Sorry, and I think there's so much hope in that. God is a God that that encourages fun and that has yeah. fun himself mm. and that is going to have fun with us for all of eternity. Yeah. Okay. So it's fun to think about play giving us a glimpse of eternity. Mm-hmm. But let's take play and bring it back to earth now <laughs> for just a second. <laughs> yes. Um, it reminds us not to take ourselves too seriously. Uh, yes. yes. Right? Because that, that's basically what I was talking about when it comes to my perception of heaven. Yeah. Right. There's going to be this overly serious yep. place yeah. and yeah. existence. It's hard to play with my kids and take myself seriously seriously, because I can't be a space exploring kitten. (laughs) It's just not possible to do simultaneously. I would pay to watch the effort. I love this concept that Brant Hansen talks about. And if anybody knows who Brant Hansen is, he's hilarious. Um, Very, very funny guy. And he talks about how actually being silly and having fun, it should be like an important marker of people who follow Jesus. Mm, He says Jesus followers should be sillier than everyone else. (laughs) We should set the pace for silly out sillying the world. Even those of us who struggle with depression can be good at it. And why it's because we already know how this is going to end. Wow. I love that because I feel like often we do take ourselves too seriously because like you said, Anson, there are serious things going on in the world, but if we know how this is going to end, if we know we're headed towards an eternity where we're with a God who invented play. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's going to be good and it's going to be okay. Right. Well, it comes back to the utilitarianism thing too. Like we're always so concerned about the end, not just the end to like, what am I doing right now? But even Mm. on a much larger scale, where is the world going? How does the story Mm, end? God is taking care of the end. Yeah. Yeah. And And I think it's okay to get caught up in the means sometimes. Yeah. And I think play has a way of diminishing our role down to where it should be mm. in that kind of scale. Uh, like that's good. when I'm playing and skateboarding and kicking a ball around, I'm no longer thinking about what have I done today to further the kingdom? Like it's, it's, it's like, stop, just chill. Like yeah. you yeah. are a very small piece in this very big picture. Mm. You are kicking a ball right now. It almost gives you a kind of humility. Yeah. And that's mm. another thing you need when you're playing with children, you know, right. because you have to kind of have this self forgetfulness. Okay. I'm not the most important thing in the world. If I stop thinking about my to-do list for five minutes, it's going to be okay. Right. And <laughs> right, right, right. I have a hard time sometimes, I think, engaging in play that makes me feel silly. My kids really help me do that because, yeah. again, yeah. It, it opens me up to things that are are very silly and and mm. they appreciate that silliness. Yeah. But I think as adults, that's a little bit harder for us to do sometimes. Like oh, yeah. dancing and being silly and crazy. We're yeah. worried about what other people are going to think of us yeah. and yep. and the perception and all of that stuff. And so yeah. it's an important thing to do because when we actually find ourselves really getting lost in play, mm-hmm. all of that kind of falls to the wayside and we right. stop 
thinking about our self-image and our seriousness yes, quite so, as much. So serious. So what do you guys do for fun? What are your favorite fun activities? If you could go do something for fun right now, like what would what would you go do? Honestly, I feel like I'm kind of bad at fun sometimes. Yeah. Like we're talking about this and I'm like, I want to get better at this because <laughs> and there you go. Being an adult being like, I need right. to work on my play. Right. Yeah. But for real, I want to learn how to be a better player. Yeah. <laughs> but traditionally, things I've done for fun are like reading and Netflixing, of course, which is just kind of the I feel like that's cheating again. <laughs> but I'm like, I love movies so much. That's okay. I love story. So a good movie or book, I just yeah. like it fills me up. That and counts. It counts. <laughs> it <Yeah>. counts. Yay. <laughs> Something else I've learned recently that fills me up is really any sort of dance, but Zumba especially like is super fun. And nice. I feel like I can do that complete lack of self-awareness and silliness right. and not care yeah. and just be like, I am going to dance. That could be a big component of that. Yeah, yeah. It feels really freeing and lots of endorphins from that. Yeah. I think I would go either skateboard. I'm way behind on skateboarding lately. Yeah. I would also take my little brother to play basketball and totally decimate him. <laughs> um, just having fun is great, but winning. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Winning yeah. Is that's the, <laughs> but really just like physical activity to move around and feel goofy for a while. And yeah. I think that's what I get. I've talked about this before. Like skateboarding is what lets me do that. I just get goofy when yeah, I do it. Like you humble yourself, you hit a rock and you fall down. Like a mm. pebble can literally end your life. And <laughs> it just puts you in this place of goofiness. Okay. So. I have to tell you this like little side story really quickly. My family and I, we were at my in-laws over the weekend and my girls found a skateboard belonging to my mother-in-law. Oh, it was nice. like 20, 30 years old. Yes. So it's like vintage skateboard. <gasps> and they found this skateboard and they were like, Nana, do you skateboard? And she was like, <laughs> no, not really. But I wish I could. Like, it would be kind of fun to be able yeah. to skateboard. And then my wife mentioned to the girls, she was like, you know, Isaac, daddy's friend, he skateboards. And the girls were like, what? <laughs> He does. He skateboards. And so Dree pulled up some, I don't, she found some videos of you maybe on Facebook somewhere or pictures or something of you on a skateboard at a skate park or something. That's amazing. And like, he can go up those ramps without falling off. And wow. they were just, they were so impressed oh, man. that you can skateboard. And they have now decided that you are going to teach them how hey, to skateboard. Down. So yeah, just an FYI yeah. that that's coming. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. But I love that enthusiasm from them of like, I get to be an adult. I'm like, I can't skateboard. No. I'm not good enough to do that. That's Same. Not, and my kids are like, sure, why the heck would I not skateboard? Right. I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do this. Yeah. Like, I'm going to give it a shot. And I <laughs> yeah. love that attitude. Again, kind of that not taking ourselves too seriously right. yeah. of kind of saying like, I, I want to play, but I only want to play if I'm good at it. Yes. Right? Like, right. Oh my gosh. I'm so guilty of that. And it's so silly. And I do this with everything. Yes. Like even video games or something that I've yeah. mentioned before, something that I really enjoy doing for yeah. fun, but I especially enjoy doing it for fun if I win <laughs> and yes. I'm good at it. Right? Right. So I'm, I'm trying to get to this point where like, hey, my friend wants to play this game that I'm really terrible at. Yeah. I'm going to be awful and just die over and over again. Yeah. I'm trying to learn to be okay with that. Right. Yeah. Right. It's okay. You can still have fun even in an activity you're not particularly good at. Oh exactly. my goodness. And that's something that I, I'm still trying to figure out. For sure. Yeah. I'm learning that one a lot with my extroverted husband because he likes to do a lot of things that are out of my comfort zone. They're more out in the physical world yeah. and I'm very comfortable in my head and then mm. reading and on my couch with my cats doing that kind of fun and I'm learning like okay I can try new things yes. and not yeah. die like right. and and even if I'm not good at them like it's okay to try and have fun like we're talking about going axe throwing for his dad's <laughs> birthday and he's like I don't know if you'll like this and I'm like sure let's do it there you wow. go let's just let's go I'll probably be terrible at it but let's go do it right <laughs> It's time for our On Repeat this week. And the number one song on Real FM right now is Higher Love from Kygo and Whitney Houston. All right, guys, speaking of fun. I think this is a fun song. <laughs> and I have to admit that as of late, I've been a little bit biased towards 80s music. Yeah. I have an 80s playlist that sometimes I play while I'm exercising and stuff. Nice. And like, if I, 
sometimes I want like a serious playlist while I'm working <laughs> out or something like that. I want to get in the right mood. Yeah. And sometimes I'm just like, eh, I want something light, kind of fun. And I go back to a bunch of like 80s pop hits. Yeah. And the 80s were just a fun time, apparently. I, don't, I wasn't alive for most of them, only about half. But I love 80s music right now. And this song by Kygo and Whitney Houston is actually a remake of an 80s song. Yep. So it's Higher Love by Steve Winwood, which was a number one hit in 1986. Aw. That's the year I was born. Yeah. And this song apparently was recorded by Whitney Houston in the 90s as a cover song. And it was never released. And then Whitney Houston passed away in 2012. And now they're kind of, I guess, her estate. They're going back through some of her old recordings and those things. And they found this recording of her singing the song and decided, hey, maybe we could release this as kind of a tribute to Whitney Houston. That's so cool. And have a modern artist kind of produce it. And mix it into something that works in 2019. So they hooked up with Kygo, who's a music producer and DJ. And he produced the song using Whitney Houston's vocals and Steve Winwood's lyrics and music. And created this new version of Higher Love that's now a Kygo and Whitney Houston song. So that kind of gives you the background to it. Wow. And I just, I love the original one. I think it's catchy. I don't know, this 80s pop hook that Mm -hmm. that is catchy and you can't help tapping your toe to and singing along with. But I also love the Whitney Houston vocals and the Kygo modernity that he adds to it, I guess. Yeah. I feel like it just all comes together really well, despite being kind of this crazy mash of a bunch of different things. We talked about Stranger Things a little bit earlier, and I kind of like the idea of like this... 80s vibe Whitney Houston song is hitting me right around the time of October when it's like getting a little cold, a little spooky outside. I'm like, "Ah, I love this. So good. (laughs) My mom was a tremendously huge Whitney Houston fan, Uh still is. Gotcha. So when I saw that we were adding this song, I was like, oh, yes. Before I had even heard it, you sent me a link and I was like, Whitney, all right, I'm sold. Let's go. That's <laughs> like, awesome. I mean, it's so got like good. Whitney Houston's great voice. And then there's like the 2019 vocal chop. Yeah. That goes with it as well. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of surprised that it works, but it really works. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I had no idea about the history of any of that. So I'm glad you said that because I'm like, oh, okay. I'm going to like listen a little more carefully yeah. now. I know it was a fun, upbeat song, but I didn't know Can any you imagine of that stuff. The pressure of being Kygo. Oh, like my when goodness. they're like, Hey, oh, yeah. here's this like no kidding goddess of pop music. Yeah, this you is the first just, time uh... they released something from her like posthumously. Oh, wow! Yeah. And they're like, "Here you go. We're trusting you with yeah. this." Yeah, yeah. Good luck. Four yeah. weeks no sleep. Like, yeah. it's just like <laughs> no. Yeah. I also think, by the way, though, the words to this song are actually kind of interesting as well. Like, yeah. there's this um, element to it of hope and all of yeah. that. It feels very timely, kind of in our current culture as well. I mean, think about it. There must be higher love down in your heart or hidden in the stars above without it. Life is wasted time. Mm. Look inside your heart. I'll look inside mine. Things look so bad everywhere in the whole world. What is fair? We walk blind. We try to see falling behind and what could be bring me a higher love. Mm. Where's that higher love? I keep thinking of so good. Yeah, I I just I, I it's cool that like on top of everything else we've already discussed 80s pop hit Whitney Houston. Yeah. Kygo. Vocal chop. Then on top of all that, self-reflective lyrics. Like, yeah, it's like you can bop to this hopeful message yeah. as well. So I have one more quick question for you guys. Okay. Go. If you're going to do one thing this week. Oh, oh my gosh. It's going to oh. be really fun. Uh, quick oh off the top of your head. What would it be? I'm going to a show this weekend. A show this weekend? Yeah, I'm That's going good. to a concert. That's fun. That's fun. Concerts yep. are fun. We are going to Branson with Cody's Nana and watching an Elvis show. Nice. Yes. I know. It's perfect. Oh, Branson. <laughs> That's fun. I know. I you? am really looking forward to being a space kitty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. I'm going on our second mission, probably tonight, just before bedtime. That's awesome. Awesome. We'll be blasting off. That's glorious. Okay, one thing to leave you with here. A quote from Mark Buchanan, who wrote The Rest of God. Play and Sabbath are joined at the hip, and sometimes we rest best when we play hardest. So go forth and play. Play hard. Yeah. Thanks for listening to The Real Talk Podcast from Real FM. Catch Afternoons with Anson and Kara from 3 to 7 p.m. live every weekday on Real FM Radio. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent or reflect the views of John Brown University, KLRC Radio, or Real FM. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just to softly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>